So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA, as well as the editor-in-chief for drbycuspid.com. And whether you found us through one of the many podcast channels we are on or Dr. By Cuspid, certainly appreciate you listening and excited today to have on uh, somebody who I've gotten to know real well over the last couple of weeks, and that's Dr. Edward Feinberg. Dr. Feinberg, how are you today? I'm fine. Great. And uh, I'm so glad that you've joined us. I'm excited for our talk today. Would you just take a moment and kind of introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. Hi. Um, I, uh, I'm Dr. Ed Feinberg, and I have a very unusual background in crown and bridge work. I practiced uh, dentistry in New York for 41 years, and now I'm practicing here in Arizona uh, for the last two years. And I was trained by an absolute master and pioneer in full mouth crown and bridge work and uh, full mouth rehabilitation. Um, my father uh, taught me all these techniques and the techniques that I've used for all of my career have a 70 year track record. I have over 100,000 pictures of crown and bridge cases that go back to 1950. All the teeth prepared and handled the same way and the cases followed for decades with x-rays. And it is my mission to try to t teach others how to do this kind of dentistry. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons why you and I first connected is, you know, your passion for Crown and Bridge, your passion for teaching. And I thought, man, you know, whether you're a dentist or an assistant listening to this podcast, uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this today. So I'm really glad that we can take a few minutes here and chat about this. Great. Me too. I'm excited also. So let's kind of start with a little bit of the uh, the bad side, shall we say. And and I'm wondering, you know, you have all this experience. As you said, you have all this documentation. What are some of the main problems that you're seeing with dentists, team members, whenever it comes to the clinical side of their practices? Well, I see a lot of dentists having trouble with crowns falling out and recurrent decay under their crowns. And in general, I see an, a lost confidence in crown and bridge techniques, so much so that there's an absolute epidemic of tooth extraction and implant placement. And while I think implants are a very great advancement for dentistry, where they're appropriate, they're great, but they're being used inappropriately and they're being overused. And very often, crown and bridge work is a much, much better choice because you have you can do something good for a whole area whereas implants are piecemeal and only fill a hole or a space with a good good bridge work for example you can correct all the problems in the quadrant you can bring the forces up close to the supporting structure to compensate for any periodontal bone loss and if you can know how to construct crown and bridge properly there's no decay or uh or is a rarity under crown and bridge work. The problems that I see a lot of dentists having um, were actually solved in the 1930s. So mm. it's very sad for me to see so many people having trouble with crown and bridge work. So if we've had the answers for so long, what? Why aren't we? Why are we adapting to those problems? Like you said, the crown's falling out, and why are there so many problems with crown and bridge right now? Well, I think somewhere along the line, I think teachers wanted to teach techniques that were a little easier um, to their students um, in the dental schools. Um, and then everyone sort of marched in lockstep 
And uh, most people think that's the only way to do things. And they're not even aware that there are better ways that have a longer track record than what they're currently doing. Um, that's, where, that's what I think really happened in dentistry. And, and I've got to ask, in, in your opinion, the, when, when the dentists and the team members, the assistants learn together, how, how big of an impact does that make in the success rate? Oh, that makes a huge impact. I mean, I know as a dentist, if you have a dental assistant who really understands what you're doing, they're prepared to um, hand you all the, all the instruments that you need. Uh, you don't even have to ask for them. That certainly makes you a much more efficient um, uh, dentist and you uh, can save a lot of time that way. So it's worth taking the extra time to train your uh, dental team uh, so that you can all work uh, efficiently like a Swiss watch. Mm -hmm. and, and through your experience, has that been something that you've worked specifically with your team to get on the same page? Or has that been like going to courses? Or what do you think is the best best approach in that respect? Well, I think each dentist has to make an effort to train their dental team members. I've always um, uh, trained my dental assistants. In fact, you know, we used to hire... Uh, uh, people with no experience at all and train them from scratch because, you know, as a teacher, I not only want to teach other dentists, but I also want to teach my team members. Mm -hmm. I want them to become the best that they can be. I want them to better themselves. And I could certainly teach any dental assistant to be a cracker jack dental assistant. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I, my, uh, my uh, experience with dental assistants has always been whenever they're learning something new and they feel that cohesiveness in the clinical side of the practice and then the, they are on the same page as the dentist, it's so important to their career enhancement and, and them enjoying the day just as much as, as the dentist might be. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And uh, I've noticed, you know, when I train my dental assistants, they had a real appreciation for what I'm doing and why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it's not like they're just there and they're doing everything that they're told. It's really that they're thinking along with the dentist and they're prepared for the next step without ever being asked for anything. And uh, that's because they they really understand what the dentist is doing and they can absolutely deliver uh, to the dentist and make his life much, much easier, his or her life much, much easier. So so what do you believe the dentists and dental team members can do to improve their crown of bridge skills? Well, one is certainly continuing education. Um, uh, dentistry is a learning profession. And so your education really starts the day you graduate from dental school. And um, I still, even to this day, not only teach um, courses, but I also take a lot of courses. I want to see what they're doing out there. Um, and uh, there's so much to learn out there. And the object should be to continually try to better yourself. Um, I guess that's why they call it dental practice. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. so that we can get it better and better. And as one of my friends said, maybe one day you'll get it right. And there's a truth to that, you know, um, there really is. And, and I know that we have, uh, that you have an online academy that we're going to talk about in just a few moments, but I'm wondering how you've seen learning change now that, you know, COVID hit, we all went online to learn. 
Uh, obviously, in-person CE is not really an option, at least at this time of this recording. Uh, so how have you seen learning change? And do you think that people can still grasp the, the necessary skills for Crown & Bridge without that hands-on, one-on-one interaction? Well, I think, I think you can. Uh, we've all been uh, forced to do Zoom courses. Um, many of our uh, big meetings were converted into virtual meetings. Mm-hmm. And I looked a lot because, you know, if you're in lockdown, what else is there to do? You might as well take some courses and better yourself. Um, and I think uh, it's very easy for her to adapt to uh, teaching online. And teaching is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really difficult, that you really don't make a real personal bond with your students. Like one of the great things about teaching in person is that you really can establish a personal bond and um, and I really get to know people one on That's very hard to do virtually. But as far as learning, I can present the same PowerPoint uh, uh, lectures online as I would in a classroom. So I think from that standpoint, you can really better yourself and do a lot with virtual training. You know, um, curious about your your answer to this question. As you said, Crown and Bridge has been around, you know, decades, and and implants has become kind of a hot commodity. It's the new shiny penny for a lot of people incorporating them into your practice. How do how does Crown and Bridge stay current, stay modern? you know, moving into this next decade, does it still have a, a big place and a practice in your opinion? Oh, without question. I think implants are no panacea. Uh, the, the problem is people are having problems if all they know how to do is implants. Mm-hmm. You know, like the boys have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> uh, the implants are more feats of engineering than they are tooth replacements. And uh, there are places that you can't place them. They're sometimes stale, and that can create an eyesore that cannot be fixed. So many times, Crown and Bridge is a much better choice. Uh, very often in the aesthetic zone, Crown and Bridge work is a better choice. An implant sometimes uh, yields a compromised result because you don't know how they're going to heal. And implants themselves are cylinders. They are not root-shaped. So they, they're not real tooth replacements. Uh, sometimes you can make them look great and um, you get away with it and it looks fabulous, but other times that's not so. Um, so if you know how to do good crown and bridge, if you know how to do good implants, if you know how to do good bonding, if you know how to make a good precision attachment case, you can pick and choose which treatment is actually best for each patient rather than everybody gets the same thing because that's all I know how to do or that's the best skill I have and that's the only one I feel confident with. That's not really fair to the patient because there is no one size fits all. And being a doctor means you have to try to choose which treatment is best for which patient. And that's then if you know how to do that, you can have tremendous success in your practice. So last question I'm going to ask you, and then I want you to talk about what you have online. Uh, what is the biggest skill set or quality that you want to see in a dental assistant whenever it comes to learning Crown & Bridge? I want to see the desire to learn and do better. 
Um, I, the skills, I can train them to do anything. Okay. But unless they have that real desire to do better and they want to better themselves and they're interested, then I can't really do much with them. And that's all I really need from them. I don't need them uh, anything else. Uh, I think the, rep- the repetitiveness of the techniques, eventually they'll catch on and understand. Uh, so, and I don't care if they make a million mistakes because that's how you learn by making mistakes. I want them to be proactive um, and think ahead and think, you know, what is the doctor doing? What is he going to do next? Mm -hmm. I would much rather have the dental assistant make a mistake um, because it shows she's thinking or he or she is thinking um, rather than uh, just wait for to be asked for the next instrument or, or, or just standing there. Um, so I would much rather have that. And all that's all you really need is the desire to do better. I like that. Desire is a wonderful uh, motivator for sure. So I know that, uh, Dr. Feinberg, you are the director of what's called the Onward Program. And I wondered if you'd just take a moment to kind of explain what that is and how people can find it. Yes. Um, it's uh, My teaching website is www.theonwardprogram.com. And I created uh, 27 courses in crown and bridge work, um, uh, saving teeth with no clinical crowns, without posts or buildups. Many people think cannot be done, but it's a completely different approach than most people were taught. So if you can do that, that opens the door for new treatment options that dentists can offer their patients. And uh, many patients are being turned away because a lot of dentists don't know what to do for them. So my site gives a lot of insight uh, into what you can do for those patients and how they can be handled. Um, Because uh, there are many patients that may not necessarily be candidates for sophisticated dentistry. I have some, uh, some, some treatment options for those patients, which can open up uh, dentists, uh, to a new world, um, especially when you have uh, what's going on with COVID and uh, an economic downturn. Mm-hmm. You don't want to turn people away. You want to be able to help pe- anybody who comes in the door. And I sometimes get as much pleasure helping somebody, even on a temporary level, as I do doing a really big case because that the whole object is to help people. That's uh, what I really love about dentistry. And then I hope to also include a section on how to make a good precision attachment case, hmm. uh, which I mean the double tilt precision attachment case, which can be used on implant abutments as well as natural tooth abutments. And very few people know anything about it. Uh, I, I've already written a textbook on this subject, which is also available on my website, but I do want to do a series of courses on that subject. So I'm continually adding new courses and the courses right now, they're free. So um, any dentists who are interested in, in learning, everything is there. All you have to do is take the courses and apply them. And that will certainly raise the bar and make, make, make dentists a much better practitioners. And I feel very strongly about it because this is what was given to me. And I want to make sure it's passed on. Well, I, I, I think our listeners can hear your passion uh, for teaching and passing along and also for making sure that Crown and Bridge uh, is not a forgotten art in any way, shape or form. And again, you can find Dr. Feinberg through www.theonwardprogram.com. 
And Dr. Feinberg, I've enjoyed the chat today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And thank you so much for interviewing me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we appreciate all of you for listening to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. We always try to find experts in the industry to bring on to not only help dental assistants understand their role in the practice and maybe what the dentist might be looking for from them, but to keep you up to date with what's going on clinically and practice management wise. So thank you again for listening. Uh, certainly, we if you want to subscribe to us, we'd love that. If you want to give us some ratings or some ideas for future podcasts, hey, we are always all ears. But for now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA and the editor-in-chief for DrBicuspid.com, signing off, wishing you great wealth, great health, and great success in the days ahead. Together, we rise.